You know, I know you've been waiting uh, with bated breath, but I returned to the treadmill today for some interval sprints, and I feel like God. I, I think that I have to give credit to your knees over toes mini sled pull. I think <laughs> I think maybe one session helped more than anything else I've done. I can't even front. No way. I swear to God, bro. After we after we did that and played tennis, my ankles never felt better. Which doesn't really make sense, and I'm not a doctor, of course. I can't verify these claims. Mm-hmm. I can. I, I'm a feel guy, Jason. You know what I'm saying? That's all. I mean, at the end of the day, as as humans, it's all we've got. As creatures of God, the feel is what. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. even if you are a doctor who went to medical school, loser, you can't predict the vibes that <laughs> are going on inside yeah, of yeah. Your, your ligament <laughs> vibes. So I went to the doctor and I said, "Doc, what's the vibes with my ligament?" And he couldn't <laughs> tell me. So I was like, "Okay, I guess I have to go to a Mr. Black." I'm not going to sugarcoat it the 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 M, the acl and the ligament uh the vibe has shifted in your in your in your acl i mean when they said i when they said them jeans is the doctor you should go see i didn't really believe them it's kind of cra- i mean it's kind of crazy how i mean because this the same thing happened to me i just i just finished playing tennis a minute ago with uh with the homie nate who uh, who was nice enough to write our great story in the New York Times a while mm. ago? Did you whip it? Did you whip his ass? We're kind of evenly matched, I would say. I probably. Where did you guys? Where did you guys play? Glendale? Yeah, just just my normal courts. He loves it over there, you know. Yeah, we talked about it. When you come from New York, where it's a little tougher to get a game. Yeah. You know, you get spoiled out here in Glendale, but you know, it's wide open. But the problem in Glendale. The sidewalk is not the world's runway. That is, yeah, Glendale. There is a give and take. There is a give and take. But uh, but uh, let's let's move move on. But I was saying, hey, like of all the year, like I did a year of PT. I did all this shit. I saw special specialists. I went to places. I bought shit, and a lot of it helped. But like like you just said, walking, dragging a hundred twenty pounds of kettlebells around the park for an hour a few days a week in two weeks, my shit is. So good. A lot of people were like, oh, you, you made fun of it. And I'm like, of course I made fun of it. I'll continue to make fun of it. That doesn't mean it doesn't work. That's not that's two different issues. Yeah, yeah. Like, it still looks ridiculous. You yeah, know, a grown-ass yeah. man strapping some sled and dragging it around the park. Like, yeah, it feels good, but it looks ridiculous. Just like, you know, if, if I were shooting up heroin behind a Din Tai Fung at the Americana, yeah, clown me. I'm going to look dumb. But boy, but I'm feeling good. <laughs> I feel better. I'm feeling really good. I feel better than your fat ass after all those soup dumplings. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just happy that we're both feeling better, uh, mentally and physically, of course. And, um, if you're listening to this, that means you did purchase the How Long Gone stem player. Uh, for, we, we actually, we, you know, we, Kanye had some leftovers. We were able to kind of do a, a blue and green makeup, our own version. Mm-hmm. Those retail for, those retail for unfortunately 300 USD. And we don't, we don't make a dime off of those. That's just no. the cost that, and you, you know, to make a custom one. Exactly. And you get, I mean, you get one episode of this podcast. So it seems pretty reasonable, <laughs> like pr- pr- price wise. That's, I mean, like, you guys give all this money to Patreon and shit. You know, it's it's no different than the How Long Gone Stem Player. If you really, yeah, think when about you it. give your money to Patreon, that's just pissing in the wind, throwing it off into the ether. When mm-hmm. you have, when you mm-hmm. buy a How Long Gone Stem Player, it's a tangible item. You exactly. hand it down. I'm going to give that to my grandkids. You thought the CD with Jack Jaguar was the end, but we're going to continue to innovate audio. And <laughs> this is the future, Jason. And I, you know, when I talked to Ye, he was like, bro, you guys got to do this, fam. Like, you got to do this, fam. And I was a little, <clears throat> I was a little on the fence because Neil Young had called me about doing a How Long Gone Pono, <laughs> a How Long Gone Pono player, you know? 
and mm-hmm. and I just don't, you know, it's it's tough. It's 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 tough. It's it's you know, the, you got these guys calling us. We're kind of in the big leagues now, and you got to make decisions. And although I disagree with Ye on um, almost everything, and I can't stand his music, mm-hmm. I think the STEM player, when applied to the How Long Gone podcasting medium, has a future. Don did too. I don't know how yeah. well it's going to work. How Long Gone guaranteed home run. Yeah, as you kind of move up in the ranks, you know, in the business world, all it really comes down to is the higher you are the more difficult decisions you have to make. That's what they pay a CEO for. You gotta, someone's got to fire the CFO, you know? And it, it, this, this, is, this is no different. And, you know, you had to make that call and, and say bye-bye to Neil, and, and that's fine. But I think what mm-hmm. Kanye is doing, obviously, is being made fun of a lot because today he charged people, you know, a couple, two, three hundred dollars for his album, and it hasn't dropped yet, and he was supposed to announce like a Yeezy Gap Balenciaga thing today. And there's been mm-hmm. a friend of the mm-hmm. show, Jacob Gallagher, has been he's been watching it. It's a clock watch, but oh, every hour he's 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 on the front lines of Yay Balenciaga Gap. If, if there he's <laughs> he's taking a bullet for all of us, and we need to thank him for his service. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. But every hour there's a countdown. It's like you know, in 55 minutes. The new shit's gonna drop, and then and nothing when, drops th- when, ever. when it goes into three. <laughs> when there's three minutes left into overtime, like when I'm watching my Liverpool Manchester game, and then it goes. Well, wouldn't you know? It goes right back to the an hour, and I think it's probably still doing that. And it's a tough, you know, Kanye. He is a genius, but he is bad at uh, delivering things on time. And you know, that's probably because he is working alone, and he doesn't have a person being like, "Bro, you can't just." keep doing this forever but i think that what he's doing with the stem player you know even though i love spotify so much mm-hmm. you know he is disrupting an industry in a in a unique and innovative way versus just like complaining about it on the internet well he's not well he's an idiot to, if, to turn down a hundred million dollars from apple is just bad business and stupid he doesn't need a hundred million dollars he's he has a billion yes you do yes no no he doesn't bro he's fucking broke <laughs> don't believe no honestly don't believe this like he spends too much money there's no way he has a billion there's absolutely no way that yeah, yeah, i mean yes dollars. there's no it, way there's no of, way on the uh, of course on paper it's a bad business move turning down a hundred million dollars but also you know he he sees a greater vision through the glory of our lord what's the great what's the what's the greater, the greater vision? vision is the greater vision is we're in a world where spotify and apple and title and all of these well not title but all these streaming amazon services, music amazon amazon, amazon music, music, music all these they 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 controlled the game and the reason why the the record industry is so fucked is because of this and like it's all controlled by mm. these labels and mm. no one's getting paid. And oh, here we is, go. Jason's got his third eye open today. Okay, this go is, ahead, this chief. Is, this is, go off, this chief. Is half, this is half an eye. This isn't even one eye. This is go off, chief. No, no, look, do your little thing, bro. Do your little thing. This is rudimentary, elementary information that we all know. But mm-hmm. nobody has. Everyone just com- complains about it, but nobody is really kind of innovating. And Kanye. Well, this isn't innovative. This isn't innovative. That's what you're getting. It's one thousand percent innovative. No, okay. This no, is, it's not. This is why. He, this, this is what Nipsey Hussle did with a mixtape, and it was a hundred dollars a piece, and he sold a thousand of them, you know, or whatever. It's on a bigger scale. It matters what's, more. What's innovative about a mixtape? Something that's existed for decades. Kanye invented something from scratch. What did he invent? He invented the stem player. He it's did a, not, bro. This shit looks like a broke boy fucking beats pill. He didn't invent this. It's bad. It's like shitty technology that was sitting in a factory somewhere unused and he loaded his album onto it this is not innovative the only thing that could be even considered innovative is what he's doing but it's not because it's basically fucking band camp well you're that's where you 
you're wrong. This is Bandcamp with Mike Dean, because you which, don't is, which, fair, you is don't cool, which is cool. I mean, look, Bandcamp <laughs> with Mike Dean is kind of what the sound we're going for when you think about it. So it's not it's not like a shot. I just think that it's not innovative. Well, the stem flare is innovative because it's truly an invention that has not been created before. He worked with a company and built it. Jason. And it's a, it's a tangible item that allows you to break down a song. He uses, in, <laughs> uses technology. <laughs> To break down a song into stems, so you can like that's pointless for a hundred ninety nine point nine percent of people don't need to hear just the drums on a Kanye West song. It's pointless. It's just something to talk about. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's pointless. I think that it's a step in the right direction. Kind of like how when I was talking about you know like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell pulling their shit is not going to change the way that Spotify acts, but. It's like the first brick in the wall where like, you know, uh, 10 years from now. Nothing's going to change. Could, this is going to go away. People are just going to go to fucking Zippy Share like you you and your little DJ bros used to do and listen to the music. <laughs> Only diehard dorks that have too much money will actually buy the stem player. The rest of the people are going to have to download it legally and it's going to look ugly on their phone and the artwork may not match up. <laughs> but these are these are indie sleaze problems for for the 20 for the year 2022. I I like it. I I think it's cool to have this this like unique looking device that you can carry around in your pocket. It plays music. You can separate it. If you want to freestyle, you can remove the vocals <laughs> and start spitting over the drums. That part, that part actually great point because, because I just like that. There's an attempt to innovate where you're offering something unique instead of just complaining or being like, we should get paid more because record labels suck. You know, what's cooler, Jason, you know, what's cooler than innovating making a hundred million dollars. For putting out an album on a streaming service where all you have to do is is send an email. That's it. That's cooler. Look, Kanye Kanye is is willing to make the financial sacrifice for the better of our the better of our future. Uh-huh. And I th- I think that's commendable and mm. admirable, even though he is going through mental challenges at the very moment. <laughs> challenges. Are you comparing him? to jesus christ because it sounds like you are well jesus had to crack a few eggs to make an omelet and things are working out pretty good for the church but good point obviously i don't think that it is the stem player is going to change the way we listen to music forever i don't think it's going to Mm -hmm. affect the uh, the the stock prices of apple or spotify Mm -hmm. but i think that you know i commend anyone who's at least doing something anything making an effort to try to do something to fix a problem that everyone complains about instead of just complaining about it there's no problem though that's the issue there's no problem i want to i i can listen to whatever music i want to on my phone i'm good well, over you, here there's you're, no problem you're a here. customer not a artist so the problem it's great for the customer. It's bad for the artist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, I understand. Oh, I understand. So you're you're siding with the artist because that's how you consider yourself. That's how you see well, yourself. I mean, put your you're you're a person who podcasts, right? You create art, and then uh-huh. it's available on the platforms. Yeah. Well, like I said, like I said, buy the How Long Gone Stem Player. It's three hundred. <laughs> you can freestyle over the Brooks and Dunn instrumental theme song. At the at the train station with your buddies or on the lunch lunch. If table. you don't like the rhythm guitar, just, just hey, just pull it, it just pull Bloop. it. Uh, all right, well, look, fuck the stem player. Uh, Donda two is not going to be good. Um, but <laughs> Mike Dean, if you want to produce an episode of How Long Gone, you know where to find us. Um, and just one little bit of breaking news: I heard from a high place source in the music business yesterday. Oasis is going to tour, Jason. Oasis is booking shows as we mm-hmm. speak, and I can't further elaborate on that information, or I or I will be. Um, curbed uh next time i go to next time i go to manchester um 
But that is that is the word on the street. I I've, I I can't verify with the second source, but luckily I'm not a journalist. I'm more of an Anadelvi, <laughs> and um, so I'm just going to report this news as true. I don't know what these shows are like. I imagine they're large payday festival mm-hmm. type. I have beat. a lot of I have a. You told me this earlier this week, and I have a lot of theories on how the tour should go, mm-hmm. be rolled out, where it should, you know, uh-huh. where this where the place should have. You know, my my goal. I want to do ten cities total. We start in Japan, we <laughs> okay, and yeah. we end in Manchester. We do rock slide fest, and then we just kind of go from there. And we're following them like the Grateful Dead. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. There's no festivals. These are standalones. We do Japan, and then we do Dodger Stadium. You know, this is okay. they're they're selling out the biggest I venues. Think, in the- I don't think Oasis. I don't think Oasis could do Dodger Stadium. What? I don't. I really don't think they can. That's wild, bro. Guns and Roses sold it out like two, three nights in a row, bro. Yeah, gun, Guns and Roses is for dumb people, for, and that is a bigger draw than the greatest band on earth, uh, who's still I w- relatively. Niche. I like both bands. The 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 lyrical content from Axl Rose <laughs> e- it equally as dumb is so much more intelligent, thoughtful than Oasis. I mean, I like Oasis, thoughtful. But when I, I remember being thoughtful. a kid listening to Oasis and being like. These lyrics are for retards. Look, bro. They're just like words that rhyme. They don't mean shit. Listening, I still like I mean, it. listening to lyrics is absolutely insane as an adult. You only listen to <laughs> only children. Chris, Chris, you're delivering so many <laughs> hot takes that nobody agrees with. Bro. And I like that. I like that you're bucking the system. No, listening to lyrics when you're like an emotional teenager is is important and part of the development process. Bro, listening to lyrics? <laughs> I mean, you, you read fiction, bro. You can't say that. Being like, oh, I love this song, but the lyrics don't do much for me in 2022 is absolutely crazy. It's absolutely no, crazy. No, no, no. I'm not saying the lyrics don't do much for me. They're just like, and then I went for a walk, and I went to the park, and I like to get a cup of tea, and then the tea was too hot, and I think what a night. <laughs> so a- Welcome to the Jungle is is a little more poetic to you? Welcome to the Jungle. We've got fun and games. <laughs> We've got everything. <laughs> There's the people that you find wherever you may need. I'll pull up November Rain right now, bitch. No, November Rain is a classic. I can't even front. Fuck you. Shut up. Don't backpedal. But I'm saying to you that if you care about lyrics in 2022, you're a pussy. And I'm just put. I'll put that on baby. Okay. And I will say this: you're 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 a pussy if you care about lyrics in 2022. I don't know what year you were. It was not pussy. Was it was it 79, 79, 78 when you were an adult? It's put. I don't mean actual. Okay, well, if you are an adult in twenty twenty who isn't disturbed by thoughtless, useless, retarded lyrics, then you are a pussy. You're easily pleased by you know childlike things. Then you should probably stop listening to Twenty One Savage, bro, because it's it's Twenty One's the only I, one who's doing it compared to fuck. What am I listening to? Corday. Oh, I'm lit. I Cord- like to be lit. <laughs> Not Corday. No one should. We don't bring up Corday. Twenty One is great. Great lyrics. I think. I, I think they're good lyrics. All right. But all right. Dumb. November Rain. <laughs> when your fears and when your fears subside mm. and shadows still remain. Yeah, that's great. I know that you. I know that you can love me when there's no one left to blame. So never mind the darkest. We still can find a way. Nothing lasts forever. Even cold November rain. Yeah, that's that's just that those those four bars shits on the entire entire lyrical content of any Oasis. Song. Okay, look, I mean that's you. It's to each their own. You can have Guns and Roses, one of the dumbest bands to ever exist. That's literally it's like it's the musical it's the musical equivalent of a monster truck rally. Maybe. <laughs> 
Maybe no, you're no. gonna be the one that you saves can't do. That. You me. have to, you have to read it. You have to read it like you read the Guns and Roses. You can't perform it. And, and when I, to- that was not an excerpt of a song. That was the whole song. <laughs> Those are the only words of the song. I would rather listen to. I will listen to an Oasis song a hundred times. I'll listen to almost anything before I listen to Guns and Roses. Like if that doesn't. Yeah, g- I, know, put, I know. Putting on Guns and Roses is the equivalent of like drinking a natty light. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Even though, even though November Rain is a great November Rain is an undeniable classic song. Great video, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. About as good as it can get for that era. But I don't want to listen to it. It's like Kendrick Lamar. Where where Oasis peak lyrically is all the roads that lead you there were winding. All the lights that light the way are blinding. But you're that, telling me you're telling. I'm, you, I'm saying that's good, but I'm saying that's the best they got. I mean, that's that's as good as the Guns N' Roses bars you read. We have to move on. We have to move on. This <laughs> this could this could last. This could last forever. Oasis first Guns N' Roses karaoke at Zebulon Friday night. Jason and I are hosting. You guys show. Chris, up. Nothing lasts forever. <laughs> Even cold November rain. We have a guest today, Avery Truffleman. She's podcast royalty. She uh, she was a producer and. Uh, and contributor to um, the 99% Invisible podcast mm. for many, many years, which is you know one of the one of the top echelon pods, you know, covering design and architecture and all that shit. Mm-hmm. She was the host of the podcast for the Cut. Mm-hmm. She has a podcast called Nice Try about utopian societies, not unlike the Disney Village or. Uh, Kanye's community somewhere in we live in a utopian society called Los Angeles California but Avery also <laughs> has one of the greatest one of the greatest guest names maybe ever that we've had yeah yeah, yeah. and her and her parents both uh, both grew up working for WNYC so she's kind of radio royalty she's not unlike TJ where she's a triple threat EGOT she's able to host produce edit <laughs> upload all by herself all right and- well all right uh, all right Axel <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's let's give let's give yeah, Avery a jingle yeah. All right, let's give Avery a call and never talk about Guns N' Roses on this podcast again. We're good to go. Avery, thank you for joining us here on How Long Gone. How are you? I'm so excited. I'm such a huge fan. This is so funny. Are you really a fan? I didn't even know you listened to this. Oh, no, I'm a, I'm a goner all the way, and I have like so many questions for you. Well, we'll ask you some questions. You ask us some questions. It'll be like a podcast. We call it a conversation, um, <laughs> but you know, other people call it something different, but that's kind of where we come, come at it. Kings of elevated chat. It's true. We call it a conversation and not anything else because we don't do any work or research <laughs> beforehand. That was my first question. <laughs> Do you not do any research? No. Sometimes, but not not on the level that you perform your research at, I'm assuming. No, Jason does a classic uh, five minutes before Google search. <laughs> I Since I do most of the booking, I usually am more aware of the of the guest. Like, either I know their work or I know them personally. Well, I think we should. I think we need to clarify for her. Chris. What Chris is saying that oftentimes, not only do we not do the research, oftentimes I don't even know who the <laughs> guest is. I've never heard of them. <laughs> So, but Jason reached out to me. So should I be super honored that you reached out to me, Jason? Well, that depends on how cool you think I am. Honored would be maybe going a little too far, in my opinion. But <laughs> maybe flattered would work. Obviously, I know who you are from podcasting. You you have a large pedigree, podcast pedigree over the years. A podigree, if you will. Yes, you have a you have a podigree that is very impressive um, oh, for somebody you. twice your age, but. I don't know why I'm, I'm, you know, the edible is probably hitting. I was on Twitter and he was like, damn, maybe Truffleman would come on the pod. And then wouldn't you know it? You said yes. Well, it's really funny. I, my friend just told me about you guys like 
a day or two before you reached out to me, Jason. Um, because like, you know, Nick Qua from Vulture. Unfortunately. Oh, he's one of your friends. That's interesting. Well, you know, Wesleyan. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't just say, <laughs> we run so everything. You guys, you guys, you guys did drugs in college a couple times and you call that friendship. I get it. Like I get okay, it. So you guys are old Wesleyan pals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you learned about, so you learned about our podcast a day or two before I cold DM'd you. And did you learn about that from the vulture thing that he wrote? No, no, no. He was talking to me as he was in the process of writing it. And he was like, but there's this one show and it's like two dudes in a room and it's actually so good. And I don't understand why. And I was so dismissive. But then like the way that I would put it is like, you know, 4chan is sort of the the <clears throat> waiting room for the deep internet. <laughs> and you two to me were like the 4chan of the two dudes talking podcast. Like I never understood why people liked it or what the appeal was but then because nick was like i don't understand it you have to like listen to it and help me understand the alchemy i still don't understand it this is uh, yeah i don't i don't understand what's so hard to understand (laughs) this is my whole thing it's like i i don't get it there's that's no i i get it chris i get it because the the format that we are in two dudes talking it's like a format that like people make tiktok memes about it's like yeah it's so like lame and every single friendship uh, every group chat is like dude we should start a podcast yeah dude it's so sick we'll do a podcast and like that's what we do but for some reason nobody can figure out exactly why this is not like insufferable to listen to well it is for some people but my question though is i i don't think i analyze why i like things Mm. i'm not i'm just like if i yeah i fucking love third eye blind because it's good i don't need to like what does that say about me you don't experience like guilt or no or shame that other you know like nick qua is like I shouldn't like this podcast because I'm such a fucking <laughs> dork, but for some reason, I guess I just do. And instead of just enjoying the magic and mystery of that, you have to figure out the reason why. And if you want the reason to be a bad thing, you'll 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 find a bad thing. No, or for you'll sure. Find a bad for reason. Sure. I, I I guess yeah. I just don't. I have no guilt about what I watch or what I listen to. Like I just don't care. I don't. I don't know if there's. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm just hollow, and there's not much to explore. Maybe instead of podcasters or artists, we're actually magicians. I mean, well, Avery, but do you? Do you? I mean, obviously, you deal with this shit all the time. But like, do you? I mean, do you actually listen to podcasts? Uh, you know, the funny thing was that like it used to be my favorite thing. Like, I would sure into podcasts coming back from parties and like first thing when I woke up, and I totally lost it in the pandemic actually the pandemic was the first time i was like oh my god what is music like this music thing is so cool and so i got i like <laughs> got spotify in 2020 smart move yeah it's uh just in time love those guys yeah great fabulous company we all love spotify here <laughs> um, hey you think that you think that's funny i don't okay i i i <laughs> these 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 musicians are coming for my money and i'm not gonna fucking stand for it that's why we invented the how long gone stem player you can only <laughs> yeah we talked about yeah 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 we talked about it in the intro but you know it's something if you wanted to get in on the ground floor with us we can do like a little Truff player. Oh my god! Yeah, we, yeah we, <laughs> I'd be honored. That's a great idea. Listen, that's a great this, idea. I'm not. I'm not like trying to analyze why your show works because of any guilty feeling. Let it be known. Mm-hmm. I have no guilt about being a goner. I just think it's so interesting. Just to like get right into the weeds really quickly. I watched podcasting go from like radio to podcasting 
where you, in like radio, you were going from like the hour long broadcast clock and like giving it up and you assumed everyone was driving. So you had to be like, you know, interrupt your story in the middle of it to like catch everyone up on what just happened instead of assuming that everyone was like with you from the beginning. They're just like things about the format that changed. Like it's been so interesting observing, observing (laughs) how long gone in this clinical way and being like, why does this work? And I think it works because it represents to me like, okay, to me, the, the difference from like radio listening to podcast listening was car to commute. Like when I worked on 99% Invisible, our whole thing was like, oh, people are on a train. They're commuting to work. They have like 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Let's give them some fun facts. Let's wrap it up before they hit the office. But now I'm like listening in my apartment while I wash dishes and I'm sort of like tuning in and out. And your format works so much better for that. Like I don't want to have to pay as close attention to everything. So I, I don't know. Honestly, I'm, I'm like learning a lot from you guys i've never listened to podcasts that are like considered smart because i i don't it's weird i i know exactly what you mean and i tried all that stuff and i was like this just doesn't i don't care enough like i only want to listen to dumb shit kind of yeah i don't i don't think it's dumb shit i think it's just to me it's (laughs) like like, um there's a a thing called nts it's an internet radio thing and you can listen to radio shows like go down and pick like you're picking a podcast or there's a thing called infinite mixtapes where it's a 24-hour looping of just a thing. It's like here's a jazz channel, here's a hip-hop channel, whatever it is, and you just hit play and music just starts playing and you can dive in and dive out whenever you want. And there's something so freeing about that where you don't have to like, all right, what am I going to listen to today? That sounds good. That doesn't sound good. Just to hit like boom, hit play. Let's see what these fucking guys are talking about. Wait, when it's just like the beat, is that like – the equivalent of the YouTube channel that's like study beats for focusing. Like, are these just, (laughs) it's funny. It's funny. You say that Avery, because yes, it is, but it's for guys that wore stone Island two years ago. And, um, yeah, this is lo-fi beats to do a squat and deadlifts too. (laughs) No, but it's, I mean, NTS, NTS is actually really good, but it's, it's, it's the reason people think it's better. Jason, correct me if I'm wrong is because it's, it's created by a human. Ah. Like it's like a DJ makes it right. It's not, it's not algorithmic in any way, but it is, it's, you know, it's kind of like when you're with your partner and you're watching Netflix or HBO go or whatever. And you're like, what do you want to watch? And you're like, and you don't want to just go through the, like, I'm in the mood for this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And you just say like, just put on whatever. I don't care. I'm happier to watch something that I don't care about than have to figure out what I'm going to watch. Choice paralysis. It's true. Choice paralysis, yes. That's the biggest thing we suffer from as a culture. It's true. It's true. (laughs) I think there's problems in Russia, but yeah, that's pretty much the biggest (laughs) thing. I was just saying it's media gout. It's true. I like that a lot. That's good. There's a pill for that. (laughs) No, but I feel like the, the interesting thing is we're almost making a return to like Howard Stern. You know, we just want like, Exactly what you were saying. Like, we want to feel like it's being created by a human and we just want it to go on forever and we don't want to have to choose it. And I don't know. It's funny. Like, to me, because I don't think your show is stupid. Like, I think your show is really smart. And I think you're really good at interviewing people and you get really good tape. Thank you. Yeah. I think part of the appeal is that you don't, like, slow down to explain any of your references at all <laughs> like make people feel like they're already on the inside and i don't know it just goes against everything that i have been trained to do and it works so well like you are the 100 gex to my glenn miller band and i'm t- <laughs> damn okay I, I think i i think that is high praise but i think it chris, is, it is, chris, it is. chris enough chris and i are sort of 
enough in the older generation where we like that discoverability thing. We like being 13 and going to a record store and not knowing what any of this music is and the joy that you get for discovering something yourself, figuring out yourself. You know, if we make an obscure reference to somebody and they take the time to go look it up yes. and, and research it, then yes. they feel like they have some ownership with that with that item. With the but, you know, yes. if we explain everything to you, then anyone can do it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's why you're magicians. And we have to gatekeep. We have to gatekeep. You know, that's the that's the that's my number. That's what I'm put on this earth for is to gatekeep. You gatekeep because you care. Yeah, it's tough love. It hurts Chris more than it hurts us. Exactly. exactly. From going through that gate. Exactly. But I just think that like growing up, I, Avery, I don't know how old you are or what your access to the internet was like in the early days, but like, I, I just think that the discoverability and of actually having to do a little work, like, yeah, I'm a boomer or whatever, but like, it makes it taste better. You know what I mean? It makes it feel better. I think when you, when you work for it, it's like when Jason drags his little you know weights around the park he gets to have a treat after because he earned it you know and I, I think it's a similar situation where it's like if you can just google anything and read everything about it in five minutes like you forget it and move on to the next thing it goes back to the netflix thing where it's like you watch things like this anna delvey thing which was absolutely trash uh, we watched we watched it and i've already forgotten what happened uh, like i don't i don't i don't think about it again because it's it's so disposable and that's the fear it's 12 episodes of a girl getting kicked out of different hotels, and I could not take my eyes off of it. Did you watch it, Avery? I, okay, I started it, and then this is... It's so funny. I almost tweeted this today, and then I was like, it's too mean, so I'll just say it to you. Perfect. I, right away, my like hackles went up because anytime something starts as a process story... It's a red flag that there's no story story. Oh, I see. Okay, so explain what you mean to people. Explain, yeah, yeah, explain, because yeah. that was some insider terminology you're using. Thank you. It's like, uh, well, should we tell this to them or should we let them? <laughs> should we let them? <laughs> I'll put a pause break here so everyone can Google what a process story means, <laughs> uh, myself included. No, I just mean it begins with like a reporter, like on the trail, figuring it out. And I think, oh, yes, yes, and I, yes. the reason I didn't tweet this is because it's like, is would be subtweeting my entire industry, basically. But I feel like whenever, whenever it begins with like, oh, I heard a rumor about this man and then I went to check it out. It's like, yeah, that's how stories are. Yeah, that's how every story starts. <laughs> that's how yeah, every that's story how the starts. There's always a backstory behind every story. Obviously, like that's your job and you like reach dead ends and like yeah. things don't work out and you go down these rabbit holes. But if that's the whole story... Then like, what are we doing? What are you doing? That can't be the focus. So right away when it started out with like journalism, I was like, uh oh, there's <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing here. Well, do you think that your your heckles went up more than the average bear because this is like a, <laughs> directly personal to your life and career and and something that you care deeply about? Uh, Whereas I'm watching it and I'm just like, oh, these reporters are cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting a lot of scoops and they're not they're not giving up is what is, is what I love about them. The best part of the whole show is that the old writers uh, sit in an area called Scriberia. That's the only funny thing. <laughs> okay. That's the only funny part of the Dude, show. Dude, I was high as hell watching it last night when they said Scriberia. I was like, Scriberia, that's pretty fucking good. It's pretty good. True. I hear that's true. Oh, it's like actually a New York, excuse me, a Manhattan magazine. A Manhattan it's magazine. A, it's a, okay, I hear it's true, but I can. I have to say it's a rumor because I've never, I've technically worked for New York Magazine for two years and I've never been in the office and I don't really know anyone. Like to me, New York Magazine is a Slack channel. 
that I that I visit. So yeah. I don't yeah, really no, know I the understand. culture, but I have heard. I have heard that that's true. Scriberia is really clever, but that I mean, I just think that that's. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but I just think that the that whole story just isn't good enough. Mm. Like the whole thing isn't good enough. Like nothing cool happens. Like, no, no, no. I got, I got some good hotel porn when they went to Morocco. Oh baby. The tile work. <laughs> I, that was great tile work. But I just think that the, I just think that like the only thing cool happening now is that the real Anna Delvey is slandering the dorky vanity fair reporter on her own Instagram from jail. <laughs> but uh, but like, the, I think the good, you dork. The good part about, the good part about these shows that don't really matter and don't do anything you're allowed to kind of be the first people to plant the seeds of other things. Like there's a, a storyline where there's a trans actress who's like having sex with a seemingly straight guy. And I was like, that's the, I feel like this is the first time I've seen this on like major television. And I was like, that's, that's pretty good. It's cool to see that progress, which is sort of like to bring it back to podcasting. Podcasting has sort of become the, <laughs> the like starting point of so many of these documentary process style stories when you can't when Hulu won't buy your fucking doc and yeah. you go down the line of all the networks. Next thing you do, do we have eight grand? Let's turn it into a podcast. We've just become like I Pete, we all of us here. Podcasting has just become like not just, but in many cases it has become like IP cookie licking. And it makes me really sad. <laughs> IP it makes me feel cookie like- licking? She's right. That, so- that sounds like the name of like a shopkeep owner in the eighteen hundreds. No, that's a that's a hundred gex song. That's the whole thing. She brought it all the way back around. Either or. Yeah, I mean, she's good. <laughs> Uh, okay, IP cookie. So it's turned into IP cookie. Oh my god, looking. you guys are so fun. I need a translation for that, please. No, I just feel like they're like, okay, one day we want to make a movie, but we don't have the funds. Exactly, like we only have eight thousand dollars right now, so let's make a podcast. And it doesn't really matter if the podcast is good or not, but we've licked this cookie and it's ours, so that we can make the movie of it. Oh uh, yes, and it yes, makes me yes. feel like the craft that I've grown to care for is really just like a clone that's being raised for an eventual organ harvest. Like it's not, Mm. I don't know. There are a lot of people that are vested in, in, in like claiming the story to really do justice to in a different medium. That's not necessarily audio. So so it's like buying up domains of, of all these things in hopes of one day. Yeah. Yeah. Avery, I apologize for buying AV truffleman.eth. But we can talk off pod about how much I'll charge you for that. Chris is a crypto addict. He means nothing (laughs) personal by that. It's not personal. It's just business, sweetheart. It's just business. It's not business, but this is a tough world. You know, it's a tough world. Well, you've already offered me the trust channel. So we're, I don't know. We can come to an arrangement. Oh, you think we're even? Okay. No, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I see. Avery, speaking of we as a podcaster. Yes. Is it, is it still embarrassing to tell people that you're a podcaster or now that you can become a millionaire doing it, it's less embarrassing or were you ever embarrassed by it? Oh my God. And it's only, I think about this all the time. It's only been embarrassing. I feel like it was embarrassing. (laughs) That's, That's right. When no one knew what it was. And then there wasn't even like a moment where it was fleetingly cool. It went right from what's that to my mom has one. <laughs> and I don't know if people can still be. A, I don't know. I'm sure people can still be a millionaire. I feel like the gold rush is kind of over, though. What? No, it's not. Don't say that to us. Do not say that to us. We're we are currently sifting for gold. Yeah. Well, Avery, what as a pod veteran, what makes you think that this the door is starting to close? Because it seems to me like it's not did you see that article that was like <laughs> spotify realizes all of their celebrity podcast hosts haven't made a single episode <laughs> yeah look look avery we're not talking about these celebrities coming to steal our jobs. we're talking about uh, they're taking our jobs 
us salt of the earth podcasters. Well, I mean, exactly. this, I've dealt with this before, so I know how to operate in this space. But as a person who was a DJ, who was then taken out of commission by your Polly D's and your Shaquille O'Neal's taking money from my family, I'm used to these fucking Jason Bateman thinking he needs to do a podcast and get $60 million from Amazon when he's directing five movies at a time. I'm over here in Glendale. I don't even have a pool. <laughs> Wait, so do you have any... It's fucking bullshit. Do you have any advice? What do you do when the celebrities come to encroach on your... You just have to do better, you know? It's just like, yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All you have to do is do better. Like, many celebrities have podcasts. <laughs> they, it could be them barfing into a tin can for an hour, and they'll get 30,000 subscribers and listeners and make enough money to feed an entire family. But after a while, they'll fall off. They'll stop making episodes. They won't care anymore. They'll be bad at it, but... You know, if you are good enough, the the cream can rise to the top. It just gets harder and harder. Okay, can I ask you? Can I ask you podcasting questions? Sure. You've been monetizing from the jump. That's right. Uh, you can direct this question at me. I'm kind of I'm the CEO. <laughs> Why do you keep Jason around if you if he doesn't do any of the booking or the editing or the or the no he no he does he does do the editing and he's really tall which uh, kind of help helps yeah it helps like people think he's hot and stuff so it's kind of like. <laughs> I'm the face of this audio-based podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, Chris does all the work, but he's bald. So, what are you going to do? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, our mediums for the uggos. We keep the hot people out of podcasting. This is for us normies. Do you want me to take five? <laughs> no, Jason does all the editing. He's the most important part of this podcast. Oh, that that was a joke earlier. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, and that's another. Okay, I have questions about editing, but also I have a question about. Like, were you in this for the money from the jump? Like, how important was the podcast Gold Rush to you? I mean, it's important that we need to get in on it, but it's not the reason we started. I mean, we, we are now, but at the time we started this podcast as just like a COVID thing, right. out of boredom. We we had experience talking and conversating on air before, and then we we're just like, let's just call each other on Facetime and record it three times a week. Yeah, and I hate to I hate to say this, but I'm in everything for the money. If I'm being honest, so sure. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the goal, but once things started to look that way, it's like, all right, well, let's do it. I mean, I just think it's also like I think a lot of people approach this now as like a job, but I think until I think that's very recent. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's different for you, but I think that like. People starting podcasts, I don't think there was a thought of making money until very recently. Like that, that was like a real possibility for people. So wait, for you, does that mean like, you know, printing your collected interviews into a coffee table book or making a TV show? Like, do you think about this? Kind all of the, all, all of, of the above? All, yeah, all of that. Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah, that's, it's, it's just like, how did you know about our recent developments, Avery? <laughs> yeah, this feels like you're talking to some of our agency friends, and I don't like it one bit. Have you been speaking with Simon and Schuster behind our backs? No, I think that, but I just think that, like, what's the point of doing anything if you're not going to, like, run it for real? I, I just don't, I don't, like, I do things that. like that. Well, uh, and also, we're, we're, we're speaking at this on air podcast festival this weekend in New York, but the, the, the subject of it is, like, how to, you know, br the importance of branding and blah, blah, blah. But when you, uh, like, we love, brands and and merchandise and you know how people market and all that stuff and creating this podcast gave us a reason or an excuse to do you know what would a live show look like if we could do a live show or sell merch what would that look like like so all the thing you know if we wanted to advertise with the brand how would we want to do it so you have like a, a jumping off point for all of that instead of like, I'm just, I want to start a t-shirt company. It's going to be cool. And you know, then it fails, but yeah, it gives us, it gives us an avenue to do everything we want to do, whether that's a TV show, whether that's a book, whether that's a t-shirt, you know, whether it's a tour or whatever it is. But I just think that like, 
you know, like you said, it's it's historically extremely lame, <laughs> and like you can't deny that or or act like that's not true. And then it's like, all right, well, we can approach this. We come from you know certain backgrounds that that inform the way we approach it. You know what I mean? And I think maybe that's the thing that we do a little bit differently. Is just like when you come from like a punk or hardcore like DIY kind of background, this stuff is a little bit hardwired in in the way that you operate. And it just, it doesn't, it's like, that's just the way you think about it. You don't, you know what I mean? It's like a pretty natural that's approach. That's so interesting. I never made that connection because like Roman Mars, who I used to work for, has a very punk DIY background. And I was like, why is he such an expert at being a businessman? Really? But I never really saw those things as being as hand in hand. Podcasting inherently, you know, it started in a time where anyone could do it with, with no, you know, no friction. You just, I could talk into my cell phone and hit upload on anchor and it's a podcast. And <laughs> since anyone can do it, <laughs> you know, it's just like when they first invented all these things that anyone, you know, the guitar was a hundred dollars and now everyone starts a band. Most of them are terrible, but you can get a Beatles, you know, and like most podcasts are, are terrible, but there's some random kid in Idaho who just talks into his phone. And then one day, He's a millionaire off of it. I think that part's really cool about podcasts. I mean, well. the, as you branch out, you know, and sink your teeth further into your brand, does it make you more or less excited about the actual craft of podcasting itself? Oh, I, I, I like podcasting more now than I ever have. Probably, really. I, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, I was, I was partly kidding about the money thing, but like, I, I make, I make money doing other stuff. You know, this is, this makes money, but it's still really enjoyable. Like, I really look forward to doing it. It doesn't bother me. I don't think it's not annoying. Like, I don't mind doing it three times a week. It doesn't bother me at all. I never think about it. He doesn't do it negatively. because he has to do it. He does it because he likes to do it. Do you not feel the same, Jason? No, no, I absolutely feel the same. I think, you know, ideally, you know, hopefully if our brand continues to grow and, you know, you make money, you know, turning into a TV show or a merch or whatever, we still know that podcasting, like this show, it can it has to keep getting better and better as we grow like yeah. it never you, you know you can't rest on your laurels you can't sit back because as somebody who listens to a lot of podcasts you can kind of see it's like a stock market of like they're on the rise they're on the yeah. they're on the decline and if a show is on the decline long enough the, you know people stop listening We've all done that. Yeah, just like I used to love this show and then they turned into a fucking Republican <laughs> dog, you know, like alt-right dog whistler guy or whatever it could be. Or like they just simply got unfunny or they started getting terrible guests or they were lazy with their cadence and they lost their mojo. Whatever it is, like I can't let that happen to our podcast. So it, it's always a thing that we put most of our work into. And we said at the beginning, at the beginning of the year, cause we had the tour and we did all this other shit and it was like, all right, let's just like podcast for a while. Let's just like <laughs> do the show. Like, let's just get back as to good, basic. Uh, yeah. Let's just get as good as we can at this. Cause it's fucking, I mean, you know, it's like, there's people that suck. <laughs> and when there's people that, when there's people that are bad at, at the job that you both do and they're making more money than you, nothing, nothing gets me going more. <laughs> Nothing gets me going more than Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz making of millions of dollars on that podcast. Mm -hmm. When I when I'm like, this isn't good. This isn't funny. Like it has its moments, of course, but like, how did this work? And like, I'll just it just keeps me going. That's what pushes <laughs> me to be better. But when you say better, when you're like, the show needs to get better. This this like weaves back into the initial question of like, I don't understand why your show works and why I like it so much. When you say like, make it better, does that mean make it more? controversial full of more like witty bon mots like what are you searching for three times a week no i mean i think getting better means 
it's some like 10,000 hour shit. It's some how much time you spend in the gym <laughs> shit. It's just like you can like you can do it. It's just it's not even about guests. It's not even about listenership. It's about being really good at the conversation. And I think that comes through when you enjoy it. And I think that like that's the hardest thing for other people. I think when you, when it starts to feel like a job and it's like a thing you got to show up for, yeah. you know, it becomes a different animal and it doesn't, it's just, it's not, I'm not going to let that happen. It's just so funny. It's like two wildly different approaches to conversation because my whole thing is I'm like, Oh, I gotta do a ton of research to like, make sure that this conversation gets like elevated and I get everything I want. But I feel like you two are talking about it almost like it's a sporting event. <laughs> you have all the tools you need already and you just need to like, train and perfect yourself and i feel like i'm practicing for a recital <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's i guess it's like uh it's like stand-up comedy versus theater or something like that yeah like you're practicing day in day out this you know to nail it perfectly and we're you know like we start off bad and you eventually you get better at telling your jokes like you might not get funnier but you just get better at them and then also you have to always evolve whatever it is you're doing so that you're entertaining yourself Otherwise, you're gonna like Chris said, you're just gonna fall off, and 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 no one's gonna care anymore. But like you, since I'm recording this episode, I'm going back, I'm listening to it and editing it. Like if I don't think it's funny, I'm gonna cut it, and next time I'm I have to remind myself to be funnier or whatever it might be. Yeah, and also, but I also think there's, I think both of these approaches are are right. Absolutely, you, you know, you know what I mean. Like like I think both these approaches are right, and I've I've listened to many podcasts and did even before this did one that was more similar to what you're talking about. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of editing. It's a, it's a very different approach. I just think it's, it's there's, there's so much value in both. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's, you know, I don't think it's one versus the other. I think it's like, it's just two different approaches and thinking about like two different genres. Yeah. Thinking about like a sport is pretty funny, but like, I, I don't think you're wrong. Like, I think it's like about getting better. And I don't think that that is, I think that's a practice issue. Uh, more than a preparation issue for what we're doing. Maybe maybe less uh, less of sports and more like dogs in the dog park. We're the two <laughs> golden retrievers that just want to play. But also, if it gets serious and you want to talk about when you were raped as a child, we'll go there. I just like... No, it's interesting. I just feel like it's... um, How do I put this? It's not like one is right or wrong, but I think there is such a thing as like popular taste. And I think popular taste... And it's what we were saying before. Like, there's a reason I think people are way more interested in videos that look like they're made on a phone than, like, professional quality totally. videos. I think people are very invested in this idea of, like, ease and some sort of... Yeah. Okay, this is, this, is my, this is my pet theory that has no basis in anything. <laughs> but I just feel like there's this interest in watching people be... Yeah, people be themselves. Like, more of the athlete-style... Thing. We love watching preternatural talent that's like scrappy and, you know, and, and very DIY looking. And my pet theory is that this relates to the widespread popularity of ideas like universal basic income and this idea that like everyone has oh, an inherent specialness to them. Well, I wouldn't say that's true. Let's not go that far. I'll have to disagree with you there. Well, we, everyone, everyone might not have an inherent specialness, but we can find a way to entertain ourselves with somebody <laughs> despite their 
mediocrity. I think that's one of the biggest <laughs> problems in our society is that everyone does think they're special. Everyone thinks they can be famous. Everyone <laughs> thinks they're the main character of the story. And it's like, that's just not the truth, you know? And I don't, I, but I also don't think, I don't think like having conversations with people is some, you know, oh my, I've been touched by the hand of God. You, you know what I mean? I think it's mm. just like, if you enjoy something and you work at it, you will probably get better at it. I don't know if that means you're going to be the best. I don't know if that means you're going to be famous. I don't know if that means you're going to be rich, but you, you should get better at it if you put the effort into it. Yeah. I guess I just mean like aesthetically, I think right now it's more pleasing to hear someone be like, brilliant off the cuff than like read from a exquisitely executed script i think that's like what i want and what people want yeah are you tight are you tight rope walking with or without a net which one's more interesting <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly 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 we we have and and we're tight rope walking without the net but then i add the net in post <laughs> so it's win-win that's what i'm really excited to hear i normally don't like to listen to myself at all but i'm totally going to listen to this episode and see how much you actually edit Oh, yeah. So you said you had some editing questions. Yeah. Are you an edit slut? Because I am. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. All right, guys. Let's save this for the Patreon because no one wants to hear this. <laughs> so if you guys, you know, if you guys want to subscribe to Jason's OnlyFans where he talks about editing, you guys can go ahead and just... Speaking of not making money doing podcasting, <laughs> that's why we don't have a Patreon. Why not? Just because it's just because it's it's gauche? It's lame. Because we did it our way. <laughs> we did it our way. Sinatra voice. It's lame. I just think that we, I mean, we've talked about this so much, but it's just, it's just corny. Like I want as many people to hear this as possible. That's the goal. So as soon as as many ears on this, plus we don't think anyone wants to give us any patronage. Yeah. No one likes us. Yeah. No one likes us enough to give it. We're not likable. They like me a lot, but not in a, this guy needs 10 bucks a month from me kind of way. You know, (laughs) like I think like the thought of giving some, I, I mean, I don't really pay anybody. I mean, do you pay people to listen to their stuff? Uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's bring it back to the exciting world of uh, sitting in front of the computer alone with headphones on. Please, come on, Chris. Let me have this. Uh, no, you can't. Of course, TJ, take it. I mean, do you like? Do you cut out? Will you cut out my ums? And if I stutter, will you cut out my stutter? How real do you like to keep it? Uh, I used to really cut everything, but now I don't. I, I I cut out long ums and stutters when I can. But if if the cut is gonna take more than 10 seconds i let it fly just because we release three episodes a week and yeah i don't have time like this episode will be up uploaded in seven hours that's bananas so i assume you don't do any like big structural edits like the conversation will continue to flow it's like you're gonna take part of the middle no big structural edits but i'll i usually do between one and 400 cuts every episode wow oh damn this guy okay now we're talking numbers okay i didn't know it was like <laughs> yeah, a, i didn't know it was like a batting average type shit in here but, uh, <laughs> you gotta- but i like to but i've i've gone i i do it as natural as i can without it annoying me too much that's so cool i think that's also part of the part of the reason why your show works like you can you can hear the care thank you yeah no you absolutely and can. also I, I also believe that there's like a, a certain cadence that conversations happen at where it becomes sort of hypnotic mm. And that's like a sweet spot that I try to get into where you look and you're like, damn, an hour has gone by already. Yeah. My anti-drug. Yeah. (laughs) DJ Them Jeans is not putting, you know, the drums behind the Rihanna song now. He's just merely cutting out my ums. So it's it's (laughs) like a like a stem player. I could drop those (laughs) drums out whenever you want. Exactly. Good point. Yeah. Avery, speaking of uh, Kanye West, you have uh, you have a podcast called Nice Try about utopian communities. We've been talking a lot about how like Disney has been making these communities. Kanye West has been thinking about making these utopian societies. 
Um, all of them obviously sound very scary and are red flag scenarios, but after doing your research on these utopian communities, are there any that you were actually like, damn, I could live here? I mean, I feel like they all get to a point where, I mean, that's, that's why utopias are such a beautiful narrative arc, right? Cause there gets a moment where they're like, Hey, this seems pretty gay, pretty great. Like, descend downhill precipitously so it's weird i feel like in all the utopias i looked at there was like a fleeting moment where they seemed like they were really onto something and really ahead of their time and Mm -hmm. very beautiful so i don't know but listen i like the the show is about failed utopian communities which is obviously so much more fun to look at places (laughs) that crash and burn uh and so we can be like thank god that we're stuck in our you know capitalist hedonic treadmill and don't want to try for something better. Hell yeah. I think utopias are possible and I'm pretty sure smaller ones exist out there and their stories are just not as good. And it's just like their dramas are about the chore wheel and like not, not anything (laughs) thrilling and exciting. So honestly, like I'm all for it. I'm all for these utopian ideas. Why not? The only, the only one I'm interested in is Scientology. If I'm being honest with you. Wait, why Scientology? That's like for profit sci-fi. Have you met Chris? Exactly. Oh yeah, the the for profit part he likes the sci fi not so much. I like the uh, yeah I don't, I don't like sci fi but I like that there's like a buy in. <laughs> you know I like that you got to put some, you got to have some skin in the game to join the the society. You can't just you can't just show up. You have to be pre approved. Yeah you, yeah you can't go to it's not like going to church and just and you they accept you. You know they're like all right well let's see so you know your last couple pictures didn't do that great uh but you know. I did see that you know Tom and Will, and that does help. So it's like if Soho House had a jail. That's what Scientology is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Scientology is if Soho House had a jail. It's exactly what it is. No, I mean, I'm not actually fa- – I mean, I think being fascinated with Scientology is very, like, 2014. Totally. You know, but I do think it's like when you live in L.A. and it's like actually you see it all the time, it's it's strange that it it felt like it was – you know, there was a time where you know, there's the book and then there's the show and there's the show and then there's the book about how it's so crazy. Nothing happens. Nothing affects it <laughs> at all. No, but this is the real documentary. This guy's from the BBC. Yeah, it's literally like that. Every time it's like, oh my God, did you see this? And it's like, guys, this shit, nothing matters. Like nothing matters. They're completely unaffected by it. Much like the Christian church, yeah. which is, you know, yeah, pretty impressive yeah. when you think like, about it. You think there are still people in the basement being tortured. Hell yeah. 100%. Yeah, who cares? Tom Cruise is pissing on him right now. <laughs> Doing one of those weird laughs. <laughs> the fact that it's been like in the public eye for this long and so many people think they've like done the definitive gotcha story or book or movie and nothing matters. It's like Bigfoot. That's so upsetting. That's so, so upsetting. Wait, Bigfoot? Bigfoot must be stopped. No, no, no. I mean, we've been trying to take him down. Same with old Nessie over there in Loch Ness. You know, we've seen a lot of blurry. We've seen blurry photos, but, you know, where's the proof, sis? I I think it's more concerning that celebrities have embraced Christianity. Like, Scientology is cooler. Mm. I guess Scientology is cooler than Christianity. the lesser of two evils avery are you familiar with mosaic uh no 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 it's like church for people who know what matcha is yeah exactly so i drove <laughs> and by- are like sort of okay with gay people yeah, yeah they wear they wear fear of god slides to worship that's the kind of vibe it is but i drove by i drove by the other day and i saw that they had like a gaggle of of soul cycle style spin bikes no that's right so i'm like these motherfuckers are coming for exercise that's where i draw the line taking a page out of righteous gemstones though chris the god squad it's very righteous gemstones but i just find that that to me 
is more is much more offensive than like a proper secretive cult. <laughs> exercise bikes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like exercise bikes were already coming for the church. Like I'm glad that religion reclaimed them. Oh. You know, They're like back from Soul Cycle. Soul Cycle became your church, and then <laughs> and then the, then Christianity was like, we need to acquire them, just like how Spotify yeah. might, needs needs to acquire <laughs> Chartable. You know, like will that'll pay mm-hmm. off in the future? Very interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. We started this podcast. Only virtually. We've never done a podcast IRL um, with a guest. We've never interviewed anybody in person. And I know that you prefer IRL interviews, had to go virtual. How much do you miss the IRL game or do you... You know, are you starting to get used to going virtual only? Welcome to the dark side. Wow. Wait, Jason, was that research? That's so sweet. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that question. You're very welcome. <laughs> don't gas him up. I'd rather hear about Park Slope mask rules, but go ahead. No, I, I, I don't know. I miss, I miss being in person because I feel like people, it's harder to kick you out when you're in someone's apartment. So I could like, if I wasn't getting what I wanted from the interview, I could just sort of stay longer like a creepy guy trying to get his <laughs> ding dong sucked one could say that it's true i'm just gonna ride this out you can't kick me out baby i'm here now yeah you invited me up so yeah you can i can just hit you can just hit leave chat on the zoom and you're gone forever yeah exactly exactly but if you're on my living room i gotta be like Ugh. yeah okay do you ever but i mean the thing that i like about going virtual versus irl is you could say things to somebody that you might not necessarily feel comfortable with saying face to face you coward <laughs> yeah jason jason like that ding dong joke jason just made he never would have said that shit to you if we were in the room together oh that's so sweet <laughs> <laughs> all the bluster yeah i mean actually chris that's a that's a prime prime example i'm not worried about somebody being like offended by something i say or being upset i'm more I'm more worried that that'll then be more work. Like it'll be harder for me to recover from Mm. uh, a risky comment Mm -hmm. uh, IRL versus virtual. Like you could, you could lose the room much longer IRL versus virtually where I can just ask you another question. And in 10 seconds, we forgot about a failed attempt at making a joke or something. You know, it's so funny. This is, I don't really think about that because I chop my interviews into such little smithereens. Mm. Um, so I don't even <laughs> like the way you are thinking of like the flow of the conversation as a cohesive, uh, Gesamtkunstwerk <laughs> is not how I think of like my, my in-person interactions. Honestly, I just like to, because I mostly interview professors and historians professor benny blanco yeah yeah, yeah. you know how it is there, we've interviewed some so greatest minds person. of our generation yeah I, we, we can relate for sure sometimes our guests ask us how we hold our penis when we pee and all kinds of <laughs> professorial yeah. questioning mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay so mm-hmm. so have there been any parts about doing your job virtually that you prefer then over IRL? it's cheaper uh i don't know like i'm interviewing someone in japan soon it's like this is so awesome i don't have to like hire someone i don't know i don't have to go to japan and also now that everyone's so used to the zoom the shitty zoom sound yeah you know i i don't have to worry so much about quality so that's also nice in a sort of diy way like being able to see someone is helpful for certain people yeah yeah i mean do you think your guests prefer i i wish i could see you it's kind of weird that i'm not that i can't see you 
It's strange. Well, it's a power move on our part. No, uh, no, we. <laughs> some people really won't do it. Like, like, are like, no. But we think that there's the the power of the camera off. Uh, is is puts some people at ease. Maybe not you because you're a pro, but like. I think if people feel like they have to like get dressed and get ready for it, it makes it more of a to do than it actually is. Yeah, we like to make it a, as low of a lift as possible, where uh, you don't have to be, you know, full glam squad hair and makeup to do this podcast that's audio only. But also, I, I think a, a big part of it is the how you're listening to something, and when you're when it's a live conversation with like you know a few people in the same room all talking to each other. I think it's better to consume that as an audience member of it happening live. Mm. And if you're going to be listening to it while you're washing the dishes or staring out your window or whatever, <laughs> I almost prefer to record this conversation while I'm staring out the window, you know? Ah, yes, yes, yes. You go method. Yeah. Yeah. He's very serious. He's a very serious actor. I, I, I hate listening to a live podcast in front of a studio audience. It's just. Why? It's, I don't know. It seems like, um, it's like having sex with the condom on. It's like there's a there's a barrier there where like I wish I was actually in the room so much that I don't really Aww. care to listen to it. <laughs> Are you directly attacking wait wait don't tell me? Like who else could you possibly be talking about? There, I mean it happens a lot. It happens I mean not a lot, lot, but like comedians will record live podcasts in front of an audience or like Oh, uh, sure, sure, sure. Comedy. Do you watch anything on YouTube, Avery? Anything? <laughs> like no podcast. I mean, do you do you watch podcasts ever, or do you only listen? No, I don't do that. Well, this is now I feel so embarrassed. I was like, there's only wait, wait, don't tell me. There are no other podcasts. Like my scope is so. Uh, I'm, I have a hard time branching out from like the, the world I know. Even though you're younger than us, you're much older than us. How old are you guys? I'm 41. 39. I feel like our age difference is negligible. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Well, you still feel like a young grandma to me. <laughs> uh, thanks. Um, <laughs> but like a cool way. Not my, not a grandma, my grandma. <laughs> yeah, I see. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. Is his grandma cool? Um, she's no longer with us. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've actually built with her before and she is quite cool. She had a great way of sitting. Is, is one of my major takeaways <laughs> like really f- folded up in a way that was that was aspirational and also visually cool i learned from the best that sounds very elegant i too like to fold i just went to see the uh andy warhol exhibit at the brooklyn museum the other day which was actually really interesting i have to say chris it made like catholicism look very chic because that guy mm. went to church every sunday and it was all about the role of religion in his life and i only bring this up because it turns out he told everyone he was 10 years older than he was all the time. So that people be like, oh, my God, you look great. Like, why be Damn. a tired 39-year-old when you could be a hot 50-year-old? Damn, that is that is. I kind good. of want to do that. Because it takes a lot of balls and no one suspects you're going to go 10 years over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That Warhol. A visionary. Posthumously. Still killing it. <laughs> uh, well, Avery, we got to wrap things up here in a minute. We got to hard out. Do you have any more Truffleman questions for us as we're... As we begin our descent into LAX. Oh my God, you're hard out. Um. Oh my God. I want. I, I said this. I said this in the intro, but you have the best name of anyone we've ever had on this podcast. I want to give you the award on, to your face. <laughs> Avery, what's the, if you don't mind? I don't want to. 
peel the curtain back too much, but what's the middle name looking like? Uh, it's a very middle namey middle name. It's just Claire. Oh no, but I like that. It brings you back down to earth. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. It really rolls off the tongue. It's really nice. Oh, I really thank like you it. so much. You know, the funny thing about my my name is like it was genuinely a typo in Ellis Island. Like there are no other Trufflemans except there's like my tiny family, which is you know four people here in New York. And then when we all joined social media, we started seeing all these other truffle men and they're all in Buenos Aires and it's spelled the same way. And we were just like, what the fuck? Like who went and had some kids in (laughs) Buenos Aires or like who be fucking in Buenos Aires? What's going on? So I don't know. One day I want to meet them. And we like tried to communicate before Google Translate was very good. So we didn't get very far. But like I see them out there. Their names are like Herman and Hildy, like. I see them. Okay, so when does season one of Finding Truffle Men come out? Because this is your next <laughs> podcast. Fund me. Give me your, teach me how to brand. Fund <laughs> me. Please, Fund uh, me. $20 for my Patreon, please. <laughs> we'll go over financials off pod, of course. Yeah, we can, but, talk, okay. we can talk financials. Later, Avery, thank worry. you so much for chatting with us. We really appreciate you taking the time. And um, people can find you on social media and do you have any like new things you want to plug coming out no i i have no idea what's next uh good luck with your 400 edits thank you so much you